Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. Here we will talk about doctrine and theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to respond and face these issues. Get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready to have your tables flipped. As a friend just told me recently, Table Flippers is flipping awesome. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9 says this, These words I am commanding you today must be kept in mind, and you must teach them to your children and speak to them as you sit in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down, and as you get up. You should tie them as a reminder on your forearms and fasten them as symbols on your forehead. Inscribe them on the door frames of your house and gates. This is how important the Word of God is. That God wants us to even tie them as a reminder to our forearms and to our forehead and write them down on the door frames of our houses and our gates. Welcome back to Table Flippers podcast. Today, another exciting episode, a very informative and one that's just, well, you know what, we're just going to have to face and discuss. But before we get into the rest of our podcast, a quick word from (laughs) our merch department. Hello, fellow Table Flippers. I have some exciting news. Table Flippers is now selling merchandise, table flipping merchandise. You can find our merchandise at tableflipperspodcast.com, tableflipperspodcast.com. And if you put freedom in the promo code area, you'll get 10% off. That's exciting news. Freedom, because that's what we're all about. Freedom as the promo code. So I hope to see you soon, and I hope that you get some of this exciting uh, merchandise so that we can all look cool together. We will be flipping awesome. The last two podcasts I dealt with parenting, I dealt with fathers especially, and today I want to get back to parenting about training our children and training our children correctly for their future, for our future, for their future. And this is something that needs to be recaptured in America. There was a time in our history where the parents, they took it upon themselves to make sure that their children were trained up correctly, that their children got a great education. Doesn't mean they did all the teaching themselves, but it did mean that they made sure they're very involved in their teaching, their training, their education. So they made sure that their children were trained up correctly, even if it meant hiring a private teacher or tutor to do so. That's what they did. So I want to go over a few things that needs to be recaptured in our children's training. And mom and dad, especially you fathers, this falls on you. We in America, we have to stop expecting someone else to take care of our children. We have to stop expecting somebody else to teach our children and train our children and put the responsibility on them. As a matter of fact, mom and dads, let me just say something to you, and I want you to listen to me and take this to heart. And this is something that we must face because our children are suffering. Our nation is suffering because we parents are not raising up our children correctly. And as in my other two podcasts, when I dealt with parenting and especially fatherings, you understand that. If you haven't, go listen to them after this. But one of the things that we have to understand something, that parents, it's your job to take care of your kids, not a babysitter, 
not the teachers at school, not somebody else, certainly not the police department, your job to take care of your children and train up your children and make sure they not only get a great education, but you can't do that if both of you are out working eight, nine, 10 hours a, a day and little junior and little Sally and little junior come home and there's nobody there or they go to a babysitter's house. Do you know how unrighteous and ungodly that is? That's not the babysitter's job to train up your children and take care of your children. It's your job, mom. It's your job, dad. In a perfect, well, I'm not even going to say perfect, but in a, a home that's structured after a biblical model, dad would go out into the fields and work all day and take his the sons. Once the sons were able to work with him, they went with them and they were learning the family business, whatever it was, uh, farming, uh, shepherding, whatever it was, they would learn the family business. The girls would typically stay home at mom and mom would take care of the family, take care of the home. And it was a great, you know, that arrangement works great for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Fast forward it to a more modern age. And what do we have? This crazy feminist movement that's telling moms, go out into the workforce and get a career. Leave your kids with a babysitter. You don't need a man. You don't need to raise your own children. Let somebody else raise them. And now the country is suffering because of it. Why don't we just get back to biblical basis, the basics, and do it the way God would have designed and did design and put it in his word. Mom, I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys, if you ha have created a lifestyle where mom, you have to work and dad, you have to work, both of you have to be in the workforce, away from your kids, you have failed as parents. And you need to restructure your lives so that one of you, preferably mom, stays home and is at home with the kids and make sure those kids are well taken care of. It will not only do you good, it'll do your kids good and it'll do the whole of culture and society good if moms were back at home, in the homes, taking care of their children. Some of you might say it's old-fashioned. It doesn't matter if it's old-fashioned. It doesn't matter at all what it is. If it's brand new, spanking new, understanding and new revelation or old-fashioned, it works. You don't throw something away just because it's old if it's still working. And what we've replaced that with it, it isn't working. Society and culture is falling apart and coming unraveled at the seams so that mom and dad can feel good in their careers but leave little Sally and leave little Junior to fend for themselves. Well, that's got to stop, especially if you're a Christian and call yourself a, a Christian. So parents, you and I, we, as moms and dads and even grandparents, we need to take it upon ourselves to train our children. And let me just run through some things of what our children need to learn. Number one, nothing is for free. Nothing is for free. Now, mom and dad, if you're out in the work world and you're not taking care of your kids' uh, education, you don't know what's really being taught. They are being taught to rely on the government or somebody else for everything. They're being taught Marxist ideology and communist ideology in the high schools and in our colleges. And the truth is, nothing is for free. All of that is a farce. It's fake. It's phony. It does not work. And your kids may never know that if you, mom and dad, don't teach them that. 
So nothing is for free. Schooling isn't for free and it never should be for free. Healthcare isn't for free and it should not be for free. I know some of you think, no, healthcare should be a right. It should be free. Nothing is for free. Nothing. Somebody's got to pay for it somewhere. So if you want your schooling, uh, you want schooling, you want healthcare, go work for it and teach little Junior and little Sally to work for it as well. Your home is not for free. Getting a paycheck is not for free. You have to give your boss, that company, that corporation, your boss something, your time, your effort, your energy, your work, so you get a paycheck. It's not for free. Now, I can go through a list, but we have to teach our children nothing is for free. It doesn't matter how much Marxism they try to teach them or communism they try to teach them. Nothing is for free. Somebody somewhere pays for it. And you know what? If you go into, a uh, say, a restaurant and you want a hamburger, you should never expect somebody else to pay for your burger. You want it, you pay for it. Teach your children. If they want that piece of candy, that ice cream, or that hamburger, they have to learn to pay for it themselves. Nothing is for free. They can't expect some rich guy who's in three booths over to pick up their tabs just because he's rich. He, that's his money. He's going to buy his burger. He's going to enjoy his burger with his money. And your kids, my kids, they have to learn how to work for the things that they get. If they want a nicer car, they're going to have to work more, become more creative, more marketable, get a better job, whatever it is. They want a bigger home, same thing. So it starts with you and I, mom and dad. We need to start teaching our kids to work and to work hard for it. And that seems to be like a dirty word. Work? Ooh, that's a four-letter word. Ooh, that's dirty. No, let somebody else work it. Tax the rich. We hear that kind of nonsense. And give it to us who don't want to work. Stop. We got to teach our children to never be lazy and start working for it. But again, mom, dad, if you're not around to teach them, if you're not allowed around to have those conversations with them, then they'll just end up at the whim of these Marxists and socialists in our schools. So stop pushing the education of your children onto other people. Those are your kids. You make sure they're trained and taught correctly. You don't have to do all the training. Again, you don't have to do all the teaching and training yourself, but you must get involved and make sure your kids are getting the training they're supposed to be getting. So here are some things that we should be training them in. And this is not an exhaustive list, but it's something, these things, some of them I'm going to say, and it's going to be on one hand so simple. On the other hand, we're, you know, it's, it's a lot of parents, even Christian parents had advocated this to somebody else, but let's teach them the Bible. Teach them the Bible. I just read from Deuteronomy that told parents, especially fathers, to sit down and teach their children. When they're in the bed, teach the children the Word of God. When they rise up, teach the children the Word of God. When you sit down, teach the children the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God should be one of the main things you discuss in the home every day. So teach them the Bible. Take them to church. Give them a religious background. We should be teaching them business and finance, money and investments. Yes, you should be teaching your children that even from a young age. Yes, and, and listen, you should be teaching your children how to give 10%, how to tithe. 
from the from the moment they get the first nickel in their life or the first dollar in their life teach them how to tithe and teach them that and show them the truth from the word of god how god promises to bless them when they do this we should be teaching them morality morals right from wrong we should be teaching them these things yes dad sit down and teach your little boys how to be proper how to be moral and teach your little girls how to be moral how to be proper and with that again self-control that goes along with morality especially sexual self-control that's a big problem in our world today our children are being sexualized in these marxist schools and a lot of parents either are completely ignorant to it or simply don't care mom and dad you should care you should take care of this and make sure that your children are taught self-control, especially with their own body, sexually. Teach your boys how to be gentlemen and teach your girls how to be ladies. Teach them how to act proper. Our little boys should be taught how to treat women correctly, how to speak well to women. So dad, you know what that means? When you're around that little boy's mama, your wife, you speak well of your wife and to your wife in front of your children so they know how to treat women and the little girls will know how a man is supposed to treat them but if you're rude if you're crude if you're swearing if you're cussing if you're if you're saying bad jokes bad words what are you teaching your children you're teaching them to do just that and and that comes up on another thing teach your children how to speak well teach your children how to speak well, no cussing, no swearing. In our culture and society today, I am so shocked at how many parents not only cuss around their children and other children, but cuss to their children. They use some of the worst language, throwing out F-bombs and, and the S-word and all these different, uh, this colorful language, as I would say, and, and not even thinking of what it's doing to their children. Let me explain to you something. Most businesses don't want to hire foul-mouthed people. And what you're doing, mom and dad, by speaking that way around your children, you're teaching them how to have foul language, which could get them canned or not even get the job in their future. So they could literally be struggling financially for a long time in their life simply because you want to use the F word in your home. Well, clean up your language, mom. Clean up your language, dad. And teach your children to have clean language. Any moron could use the F word. Any moron could use that kind of language to try to make a point. But it takes somebody with a little bit of intellect to find other words and other descriptions to use when they're speaking. So come on, use more than three brain cells when you're talking, mom and dad. And quit throwing out all that colorful language, cussing and swearing, especially around your children. We have to start teaching our children correctly, especially you. If you if you call yourself a Christian, you claim to be a Christian, start living like it. Now, I used to think that college education was the best, but I have certainly changed my mind. I'm not saying I'm 100% against colleges or universities at this point, but let's face it, they've become Marxist, communist, um, um, indoctrination centers. So if you're going to send yourself uh, or send your kids 
to a college, do your homework. Find one that's more conservative, more conservative-based. Find one that hasn't hired a bunch of Marxists to train and indoctrinate your children. Do some research. Do some research and find those schools that are going to teach your kids uh, from a conservative point of view. So work on that. And if not, send your kids to trade school. One of the things that's happening right now in our society is so many kids have gone to college and they've got these college degrees that are worthless. And now they come out of college with a degree that's useless. And they are working at Starbucks with a Marxist mentality or working flipping burgers or something of that nature with a Marxist mentality, angry that they're making a minimum wage, now demanding that minimum wage goes up because they have a document that's worthless because mom and dad sent them to a Marxist school that got them very little, if anything. Now you go send them to some place that they're going to say, get a, a, learn how to a trade such as welding or air conditioning and heating or uh, auto repair or something that, of that nature. They're going to come right out of those schools, be able to land a job and make more than many of those kids that have a uh, two or four year degree from a college. I mean, come on, who wants to hire somebody with a master's in basket weaving or genders study? Nobody, nobody. But we definitely need welders. We need good mechanics. We need good AC and heating guys out there. So maybe that's an option. But nonetheless, I want to show you something in the Word of God about God's economics. And this is something that needs to be taught to our children. This is straight out of the Word of God and the principles you can develop these principles and see these principles that must be taught to our children because they're being taught the opposite in schools and it's not working. By the way, socialism, communism, Marxism has never worked anywhere at any time. Anywhere at any time. So if you're sending your kids to one of those schools that they're being taught that, what you're doing is you're not only setting them up for personal failure, but you're setting this nation up and its future for failure. And we have to turn this around. We can't look to government to do this. They're a bunch of bums. We can't look to the schools to this because they're the ones that are the Marxist making a lot of money, teaching your children how to not make any money. It's the weirdest thing. So where does it start? It starts with you, mom and dad. It starts with you and it ends with you. It's your job. It's your job to make a stand. Now, again, I want to get back to this. I want to show you something of God's economics. And it's found in Luke chapter 19. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 26. It's a little bit of reading, but you're going to find something powerful in here. In verse 13, it says, He summoned ten of his servants, gave them ten minas, and said to them, Do business with these until I come back. So this is a parable about Jesus. Okay, about Jesus. And he calls his people, 10 of his people together, 10 of his servants, those who serve him, his disciples, if you will. And he says, here's some money. A mina is a sum of money. Here's some money. I want you to do business with this until I come back. In verse 15, it says, when he returned after receiving the kingdom, he summoned these servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to know how much they had earned by trading. So the first one came before him and said, Sir, your mina has made ten minas, ten minas more. The king said to him, Well done, good servant, 
Because you have been faithful with very small matter, you will have authority over ten cities. Look what he did. He gave him one mina. The servant turned it into ten. He multiplied it by ten. And the master was so uh, grateful and moved that he says, Now I'm putting you in charge of ten cities, entire cities. Verse 18, the second one came and said, Sir, your mina has made five minas. So the king said to him, and you are to be over five cities. So he multiplied his by five. He turned one mina into five minas, and now he's to rule over five cities. Verse 20 says, another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina that I put away for safekeeping in a piece of cloth. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You withdraw what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. The king said to him, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked slave. So you knew, did you, that I was a severe man, withdrawing what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money in the bank so that when I returned, I could have collected it with interest? And he said to his attendants, take the mina from him, give it to the one who has ten. But they said to him, Sir, he has ten minas already. I tell you that everyone who has will be given more, but from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now that, lady and gentlemen, is God's economics right there. The Bible's economics right there. You see, we tend to think about taking from the rich and giving it to those who are poor or we, who we say are poor. But let me put it this way. What we're really doing is that we're taking it from the producers, those who know what to do with money. We take it from them and give it to the non-producers, those who don't know what to do with money. The mere fact that they don't have it proves it. And that's the, the backdrop of this story. You have these three servants. Two of them know what to do with money. One better than the other, but both of them know how to multiply the mina. One five times, one ten times. The third, he was either just too lazy or didn't know what to do with it. And so it was eventually taken from him and given to the one that did know what to do with it. And we have it backward in our world right now. Take it from those who have produced and worked and made it increase, take it from them, and give it to those who don't know what to do with it. And the reality of it is, those people are just pawns in this whole economic landscape. Just pawns. Because they know, and everyone that does that knows, they don't know what to do with it. They're just going to spend it. They're not going to invest it. They're not going to multiply it. They're going to spend it, which puts it right back into the system, which the other ones that are working hard are going to end up with that money again anyways. And by by the way, this is just a little side note for those of you who like that idea and think that that's right and you keep voting for those people. They don't care about anybody. They don't care about the rich. They don't care about the poor. They don't care about anybody but themselves. Because when the money is in circulation, they can tax it. The government taxes it when it's in circulation, when it's in movement. So if the rich are holding it, investing it, they can't tax it. 
So take it from them, give it to the poor, give it to the non-producers, they spend it, it's in circulation, and then it can be taxed again and again and again and again. And as long as it's moving, it's being taxed. And when it stops moving and it's in an investment, it can't be taxed. That's why government doesn't like that. So the whole idea of take from the rich and give to the poor is nonsense. It's all a ploy and the poor and the non-producers just become pawns. But back to you, mom and dad. It is your job to teach your children not to be the pawn in, the, in this game. It's your job to teach them God's economics and understanding of monies and, and wealth and finances. And that is, if you're not working hard and producing, at some point you will eventually lose even the little you do have. And it'll be given to those who know what to do with it. And this is the way God works. Because every one of you, listen, mom and dad, little Junior, little Sally, they have the potential. And can I just say this? Now, I want you to think about it. They have the potential of being multimillionaires, if not billionaires. They have the potential of going from whatever economic place and uh, they are at right now with you to becoming ultimately billionaires. They have the potential. It's not whether or not or not they have the potential, it's whether or not that potential will be developed. And much of the development of that potential relies upon you, mom and dad. It relies on you. It relies on you to teach them the truth that number one, nothing is for free. If you want it, you go work for it. And you make yourself very marketable and you work hard and be creative and never sit on what you have, but use it to get more. Use it as an investment to increase and to grow. Because if you don't, it'll eventually be stripped away from you and given to somebody else that will do something with it. That's biblical economics. And in reality, that's world economics as well. That's just the way it ultimately works. We focus on the little micro thing instead of the big thing. We, we focus on the small picture. Oh, that guy drives a Rolls Royce. Go take some money from him and give it to the guy who's driving the old Datsun or the old Pinto or the old whatever. And give it to him because he doesn't have it and they must have taken it from him. That's not the reality. The guy driving the Rolls Royce worked for it or somebody really worked hard for it to be able to afford a Rolls Royce. The guy that's dr usually driving the little hoopty car or the little hoopty truck didn't work for it or didn't very work smart. It's not because he or she didn't have potential. Nobody developed that potential in them. That's why I say, mom and dad, it's your job to develop the potential in your own children. We also must teach our children to never rely on anyone else, especially government, to take care of us for anything. Now, I know there's this thing called Social Security that many people, most Americans, are looking forward to getting when they retire. But we need to ourselves, mom and dads, never rely on it. I'm not saying don't get it if it's there, but never put that in the equation. If it's still there when you retire, get it. It's an extra perk. My point is you take care of your retirement. You take care of life after working on the job. You make sure you invest and that you have enough money uh, for yourself, for your family, to travel, do whatever you need to do. Again, if Social Security is there for you, get it. It's yours. Take it. But teach your children to never rely on government for anything, for anything. You know, uh, there's a, 
Another passage in the Bible, 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 and 11. It says, For even when we were with you, we used to give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. For we hear that some among you are living an undisciplined life, not doing their own work, but meddling in the work of others. Did you catch that? This is, sec- this is Paul writing to Timothy. Paul writing to Timothy about this stuff. And he says, if anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. Now, another translation will say, if someone's not willing to work, don't even let him eat. In other words, being lazy should have consequences. Being lazy should have consequences. And one of those consequences is hunger. I'm not talking about starving in the streets. I'm talking about not making a person's life so comfortable with being lazy. They're lazy. They just want to sit around all day, play video games, and then get a check from the government. That should never happen. Oh, yeah, tax the rich and give it to me so I can just sit around and play Xbox all day. No, you teach your children how to get out there and make something of themselves. You teach your children the value of a true education. I'm not talking about college or or university. I'm talking about a true, real-world education that they can make some money and make something of themselves, start a business and really do something phenomenal with their lives. You teach your children the value of hard work. Teach your children the value of a dollar. And you teach your children that if that the whole thing of taxing the rich to give to those who don't want to do anything is foolish because if you teach your children right, they'll be one of the rich people. They'll be one of the ones at the top. And we call them the one percenters. Well, let them be one of the one percenters. Let them be a millionaire, multi-millionaire, or even a billionaire. Why not? All of these billionaires that are out there in the world, they started somewhere. They started somewhere. And and even if your kid just has, you know, if you come from even somewhat of a poor family, it doesn't matter. You train your children right. You get the education that you need, mom and dad, and you give that to your children or you make sure they get it and they will go from wherever place you are at right now economically to the top. It may take 20 years. It may take 30 years, but I would much rather know that my kids are going to be on the slow track, 20 or 30 year track to making something powerful of themselves than to just coast the rest of their life on government assistance. Forget that nonsense. I'm not going to I'm not going to buy into that myself. I'm not going to let my children buy into that at all. We're going to teach them, train them and expect more of them. My grandkids are going to go and they're going to excel and be multimillionaires. Why do I know this? Because we're not going to allow them to rely on anybody else except their own hard work, their own creativity, and their own abilities, and they're going to make themselves more marketable, they're going to become more creative, they're going to work harder, and they're going to do something profound in this world and make something of themselves. In other words, they're going to be like either servant number one or servant number two in our in our uh, story, certainly not servant number three. Nobody in my family is going to be just sitting on their duff expecting somebody else to come and put something in their hand. No, they're going to take what they have, even if it's a little, and they're going to make something powerful of it. So mom, dad, it's a reality. Your children have the potential to become millionaires, multimillionaires, billionaires. Help them achieve that. And they'll never achieve it if they rely on government or somebody else to give them a handout. They'll never achieve it. But if they work hard, stick to it, 
develop a plan and get the right education, they will make it happen. They will make it happen and your children will make you very proud. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers Podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Please look us up on the web at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Or you can email me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Please let us know how we're doing. Keep all those comments coming. Until next time, you all have a great and a blessed day.